As the pandemic begins to lift, and I know it's lifting with stops and starts, and we're not sure about how safe things are, but as life begins to go back to the way it was, I'm realizing that there was one thing about the pandemic that I miss. I miss not rushing to everything. This past week, I was in the bookstore here at the cathedral. Two people were trying to talk to me. Meanwhile, a priest from California, a young woman, wanted to call me to get some career advice about her vocation. So I'm talking to these two people and I get a text from the young woman. I don't read the text carefully though. What she actually writes to me is this, I'm not sure we can talk today because the daughter of one of my parishioners died suddenly and I'm having to do some counseling. Well, I just saw she texted and figured because I was talking to two people that she was just gonna be late. So I wrote back, that's great, exclamation point. <laughs> Are you the kind of person that tries to do two things at once and then you do both things badly? or three things at once, and then it's even worse? Our culture suffers from an ailment. It's called, well, I'll call it, time sickness. Time sickness. We have begun to believe a lie. And the lie is that there is not enough time in our lives to do what we're supposed to do. That's the first part of the lie, that there's not enough time. The second part of the lie is that you and I are responsible to know everything on the internet and to be able to solve the world's problems, that each one of us is somehow capable of fixing things, all of the things. So not only is there not, not enough time, but it's up to us to fix the world in the limited and not enough time that we have left. It's a lie, it's a distortion, it's an addiction, and it is idolatry. Here is the truth. God has given you all the time that you need. That's the first part of the truth. The second part is this, God has designed you specifically for a purpose, a particular purpose. It is not your job to solve the world's problems. 
It is not your job to bring an end to climate change all by yourself, to bring peace to the world all by yourself. God knows that you are a human being with human limitations. You are supposed to do your part, and no more and no less. But we have become so ill with time sickness. Let me give you an example. A friend of mine who lives in New York walked out on the street outside of her apartment. The uh, Amazon Prime delivery truck was pulling up in front of another townhouse next door, and the man parked the truck and was going to bring a package to the front porch of the townhouse. So he parks the truck in this narrow, New York Street. Well, there's a very well-dressed, beautiful businesswoman in a BMW behind the truck, and she starts to go ballistic. Here she is, beautiful nails, beautiful hair, nice suit, screaming obscenities, flailing her arms around like this, acting like she's insane because she had to wait for a total of 45 seconds God forbid. Have you ever been on the road? I know you have. And someone cuts you off and they put your life in danger and they honk their horn because you're not going fast enough and they might have missed a minute. I was in the airport and I saw a new book that I couldn't believe. You know how we have the one-minute manager and the one-minute meeting? Well, now there's the one-minute bedtime story. <laughs> so it basically takes the great fairy tales of like Hans Christian Andersen, boils them down into 60 seconds so you can read to your kid and get out of there. Because God forbid you should actually take some time to put your child to sleep. We think that faster is better, and it's a lie. <coughs> faster is not better, it's just faster. In fact, when I think about raising my own children, one of the major regrets that I have trying to provide for my family and raising little kids is how much I rushed. I have one particular memory that hurts my heart my middle son, Jake, who was this bright, blonde, toe-headed little boy, just so beautiful. I was rushing him to his daycare so I could get to church for some meeting. And you know, my, I've got a laptop and I've got his diaper bag and I've got my hands full and I'm ushering him towards the car. And Jake sees a dandelion. And he stops and he says, Mom, look at this. It blows. You can blow it and the stuff goes everywhere. And I don't stop. And I say, Jake, we got to go. And I put him in his car seat and I don't let him blow on the dandelion. And now, 18 years later, I don't remember where I was going. I don't remember what I was doing. I don't remember what was so important, but I do remember what I missed. I missed an eternal moment with my son 
because I was too busy to slow down. <coughs> Time sickness. We swim in it. In today's gospel, the disciples come back to Jesus. He's sent them out two by two, and he's given them work to do, serious work. They're, they're curing illnesses. They're casting out demons. They're talking about the kingdom of God. They come back to Jesus, and they're all ready to give a report of how productive they've been and all the stuff they've done. And guess what Jesus says? Let's take a break. Let's get some rest. Let's go off somewhere by ourselves. You guys need to slow down. And so they go off together, and the crowds find them there, and they have more stuff to do. But I, what I want you to remember is this, that Jesus himself, who had really the capacity to save the world. We don't. He did. And he still said when. He still left villages with half the people healed and half of them not healed and went off by himself up a mountain to pray, to be quiet, to rest. He did not succumb to that temptation that he was supposed to fix all the problems that were right in front of him. He knew that God wanted him to rest and that rest was part of the salvation that he was to bring us. Jesus didn't rescue. He saved, and there's a big difference. If we run around like chickens with our heads cut off, trying to fix every problem that's out there, multitasking and falling on our faces and sending texts to that's great when somebody dies, we don't help anything at all. We may get a Band-Aid on a wound here and there, but we don't know who we are when we're running that fast. Sometimes when a person has to slow down because they're sick or dying, I'll be by the bedside and I love to recite Psalm 23 because it, it resounds in people's hearts. And this particular verse I love so much. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He maketh me to lie down. God actually wants you to lie down. God wants you to take a nap. God wants you to do nothing. To sleep. To look out the window at a tree. To blow on a dandelion. The creator of the universe in doing the most important thing of all eternity, which was to make the stars of the sky and the planets and the earth, on the seventh day, God rested. Because rest is part of the cycle of creation. 
And it's every bit as important as the stuff that you do. Like when we breathe in and out and in and out, so we need rest and activity, rest and activity. Sometimes I think our time sickness is because we're afraid. We're afraid of that quiet. We're afraid of what we'll hear, of who we are, of the thoughts that race through our minds. We're afraid to sit still. The silence terrifies us. But it's in that quiet time that there is new life, inspiration. I often find that it's when I'm resting that ideas come to me, solutions to problems, inspiration. It's a fertile time. It is not wasted time. It is fruitful, nourishing, beautiful, and good. And when you rest, you are not a failure. You are not lazy. You don't have to be ashamed. If Jesus could walk away from a village where there were still problems to be addressed and go off by himself to rest, then it's okay for you to do that too, and me too. You don't have to solve all the problems of the world. Just do what you can. Breathing in and out. Activity and rest. Activity and rest. He calls you forth and he maketh me to lie down. Amen.